0: corners of the globe to your ears it's the midnight movie cowboys sometimes informative sometimes controversial but always unpredictable it's the midnight movie cowboys podcast with your hosts hunter john and Stu. and now on with the show hey uh, welcome to the midnight movie cowboys uh i am your host john grace i'm running the show this week uh with me uh, I don't know what side it'll be on the video, but from Texas is Hunter Ducing. Hunter, say hello. I am not a crook. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh coming from us uh, coming to us from uh, over overseas from Australia is uh, the great, the legendary Stuart Balk. Stu, say hello.
1: Hello with the uh, Professor Pat Pending hairdo do uh Roll on Saturday when I get down to see Nick and get my hair cut. It's unworkable right. at the moment. Yeah.
0: Okay, so tonight's episode, we're going to be talking about, uh, well, uh, a rare or not very well-known uh, episode of Mike Hammer, Private Eye, which was the third reboot, or actually the second reboot, but the third series with Stacey Keach as Mike Hammer. And this was a listener request that we cover a episode titled Halloween. We were supposed to do it for Halloween, but we just never got around to it. However, Halloween is not over until we say it is. So there, there you go. Damn but right. it, it's an interesting episode to talk about. But uh, hey, man, when you the, listen uh, to the Misfits, every day <laughs> is Halloween. <laughs> exactly. That's what Dan says. <laughs> but, <laughs> but. Uh, Okay, so let's get our standard out of the way. Is everybody's favorite, at least for the YouTube, our forty faithful uh, YouTube viewers, the uh, whip out your junk segment. So, uh, Hunter, what do you have for us this week? Which I bet is probably ninety five percent vinyl, right? No, I actually there's no vinyl. Um,
1: Wait, I just let me just drop off my chair for a second there. I just, yeah. Yeah. I, I, Oh, wait, yeah, Arrow. Yeah, no, If it's Arrow stuff, if there's no Arrow stuff, then I'll drop off my chair.
0: There's, there's no Arrow stuff. All right, Mr. Arrow
2: shelf. Go for it. All right. Uh, so one we got, Stu, I'm curious if you've seen this. Mad Dog Morgan. With... I
1: just bought the Umbrella Blu-ray about six weeks back.
2: Nice. Mm-hmm. Directed by Philippe Mora, starring Dennis Hopper. Who's
1: this that by? He... Who's that I'm put sorry. out by?
2: This is Indicator.
1: Oh, okay, British one.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it comes with a book and a poster. Oh, um, nice! And the movie was heavily featured in Brian Trenchard-Smith's Stunt Rock. Um, funnily enough. Okay. Here's one I know you'll like, John. Voyage into
0: space. Oh my gosh! I need to get that myself.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I just saw this on the shelf and I went, "Yep." Cha-ching! <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I've done this one yet. Did I do Buster Keaton rides again? I don't think so. I can't remember. Okay. You can watch this on YouTube, but I liked it so much. I wanted to get this because it had a lot of stuff. It Buster Keaton did a film for the Canadian Railroad Authority called The Railroader, which was directed by heavy metal director Gerald Potterton. Oh boy. And, uh, and it's very much in the style of an old Buster Keaton silent film. And he made it the year before he died. And it's a train movie. And uh, it's really fun. You can watch it on YouTube. It's only like 25 minutes long. But Buster Keaton Rides Again is the documentary about the making of the film. And it's great watching.
1: Does like, it you have see Bu- Jackie sorry? Chan? you got Jackie no. Chan in there saying, oh, I love Buster Keaton. <laughs>
2: yeah, No. Yeah, no no uh it doesn't even have johnny knoxville unfortunately but uh or gene simmons yeah but you get to see buster like working out gags with the director and it's the only time i've ever seen him seem joyful or gleeful like he's sketching out this gag and explaining it to potterton who just died like in august i think no um and uh he he'll sketch it out and uh, explain it. And he's got his cigarette holder and he's like laughing and and giggling. And it's so much fun to watch Buster come up with jokes. Like, and they're coming up with it as they're shooting. And it's a really, really great. It's one of the best uh, making of movie docs I've ever seen. And it's only like 45 minutes long, but you really get insight to how a master comic works. And speaking of Keaton... Um, a few of these I, I I own already but you know I'm always looking if there's a new restoration or a new score I'll get them I got some of the Cohen film collection Keaton restorations this one's Sherlock jr and the Navigator um, I don't think I have Sherlock jr. and navigator on HD so I think that's a good one to get this one has, go west in college i've actually never seen go west so i need to watch that one
1: i thought you meant college, the Marx. I, I thought you meant the marx brothers go west there for a no, second no which i love that uh, film it's great
2: um in college i have a 2k restoration i think this one's 4k so um that's <laughs> exciting um and then this one has seven chances in battling butler i've seen seven chances that's got the famous scene where he gets chased by all the brides um but madeline butler i've never seen and i remember bogdanovich saying he thinks it's one of his funniest ones but it's the least he said it's the least seen and i believe that because it's the one buster feature people don't seem to talk about um i don't know if i did this one on the last show but um i'll bring it up anyway for john's take i saw this and i was like boy this is a movie i I was looking for it a couple years ago and i think it was totally out of print but it just came out on 4k the last detail with jack nicholson oh wow uh i this is a movie that i remember seeing and thinking it was really really good and um no one it's it's a 70s film that seems to have disappeared from the conversation
1: wasn't that in the that was in the box set that with had head the monkey's film ahead and that wasn't in there.
2: No, it wasn't.
1: Uh, oh, I could have swore. It this was. one's
2: directed by Hal Ashby and it's got a script by Robert Town. Um, it's got Jack Nicholson, Randy Quaid, Carol Kane, but it's, it's a really good movie. I think at the time it had the most F-bombs. of It movie. did.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I remember the front cover of that yeah, on yeah. the VHS tape, but it had the speech bubble with the no F and Navy is going to F and sign me up. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But Okay. So this one I saw this for sale and I texted Eric uh is this good whenever I see a movies like this I text Eric and I go should I buy this and he gives me the thumbs up or the thumbs down two mexican westerns hot snake and guns and guts
1: you've got too much money you're earning no, too I, much I, money I got to
2: tell you these have been uh over the course of some time you know Oh okay <laughs>
1: Yeah. Uh, Three days. We didn't
0: do any of these on the Monsters Month, but this one. No. I, I don't know. Hunter, I'm observing. Uh, I want to note, Hunter. I'm observing a Kino Lorber shelf. Uh, <laughs> the <guy about laughs> the shelf yeah. There is a Kino Lorber shelf right there. Yeah.
2: Okay. Wait. Yeah. Does
1: it have losing it on that Kino Lorber shelf? If not, it's worth nothing.
2: Losing it? No, I don't have
1: losing. Get it. onto it. Yeah. Now. Losing
2: it. Okay. Yeah. Um, this was one I got this one a while ago but I've been meaning to get into these guys. I got a Laurel and Hardy Blu-ray set. Uh,
1: oh, yeah, I yeah.
3: have that.
1: Great. Right. I don't what? do it for me, Laurel and Hardy. I just... And speak. you, you know, know what? Speaking of um, Buster Keaton, never seen a Buster Keaton short nothing of his ever.
2: Oh, you got to fix that. Go, no, I don't Go have watch, go watch uh, The General or Sherlock Jr. Sherlock right. Jr. is really short. It's like an hour long. It's great comedy all right and uh, it, his comedy is very physical uh it's really cool john here's one you'll like uh again this one's i i've had it for a while um common rider kuga
3: <laughs> what the f- I, <laughs> I heard, heard was that was out
2: I haven't, I haven't picked it up <laughs> oh man it's so much fun so much fun it's got that like video look that these things <laughs> it's so oh, yeah 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 but it's it's tons of fun uh this one i got recently i've never seen this movie i've always heard about it but i like the director a lot uh kiyoshi kurosawa's cure
1: Mm -mm, don't know of it never heard Um, of him either
2: he did he did the movie pulse which i think is one of the better j horror films
1: okay
2: you all seen pulse no well, I think pulse is really tremendous. Every time I watch, I, it, I didn't I'm click
0: like in J horror like everybody else did. It didn't yeah. really do anything for me. Um, it's for girls. I think
2: pulse is an interesting one because uh, it kind of predicted social media isolation. And this was before social yeah. media was a thing, but it's about people uh, it's about lonely people on their computers becoming so isolated until they become ghosts. It's very interesting. Pretty, very apt
1: for today's <laughs> yeah. society. Yeah,
2: no. It, so it's it, it, all it, a Facebook it, Hunter. So <laughs> and like the world, yeah. And the world's like ending around them and nobody seems to notice. It's very weird. Um, okay. Yeah, and the last Twitter. one I got to book, uh, you know, John's going to roll his eyes, but Quentin Tarantino's cinema speculation. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs>
1: i think our friend eric Mulder put that up in the discord group that oh really uh, that book yeah i had no idea what it was
2: <laughs> gotta get the gotta
0: get the hip new movie conversation book <laughs> i just know somebody will buy it for me for christmas you know with, without me asking for it so i, I just i'll wait mm-hmm. i got stacks to read, anyway i got uh like a barnes and
2: noble gift card at one of my one of our baby showers my friend was like get yourself something so finally i was like oh, i know what i'm gonna get
1: no they couldn't uh get some intense piece of literature that's historic yet they had to get a freaking quentin tarantino book yeah. of course fair enough
0: you should have been a man and gotten a mike hammer couple exactly should I, I should explain? have gotten a,
2: i should have gotten some mike hammer and yeah. a case of anyway, Miller that's... light to go with it <laughs> yeah yeah Anyway, that's right. it for me. All right.
0: All
1: right, Stu. Okay, I got some books, movies, and CDs. So I gonna get through it real quick. I uh, found this one at the thrift store the other week for three dollars. Don't know if you boys have read it. It's called Rebels on the Backlot.
2: You know, I read that a long time ago.
1: Okay. And uh, I just read that. Is that
2: the, the '90s the- '90s movie? Is that like about Rodriguez? And it's about
1: uh, Fincher, Paul Thomas Anderson, David O. Russell, Spike Jones.
2: So, all of John's favorite directors.
1: Soderbergh, Tarantino, yeah.
2: John told me he went to see Amsterdam the day it came out because he knew it would be Kino. I'm
1: sure it's he David did. David O. Russell. <laughs> I can't stand that guy. Absolutely can't stand that guy. I watched his first movie, did- Spanking the Monkey, and I thought this is just stupid. John
2: told me David O. Russell's based because he yelled at Lily Tomlin on the set,
1: <laughs> and upset George Clooney. Okay, moving on. I got this book sent to me. Got this book sent to me by Nesbit. Um, goes for an absolute fucking fortune these days. The Exorcist screenplay. Uh, oh wow. Uh, hmm. uh, has the Exorcist screenplay and William Peter Bloody's Legion screenplay in the same book.
2: Oh, wow. That's cool.
1: Yeah. So, um, looked it up and I said to Anthony, you, you know what it goes for. It uh, goes, I don't care. Have it. 400 bucks plus it goes for. Jesus. I know. All right. Uh, moving into movies. I've just got the one this week. I uh, had to get this before it goes out of print, which is Nightbreed by Arrow. Oh, with, nice! Um, the thea- theatrical and director's uh, cut, I believe it is. The, the uh,
2: the not the cabal not the cabal
1: cut. cut. No, no, it's yeah. not that. No, oh, it's not. Okay. No, it's that's the that's 140 something minutes. This is two hours, and the theatrical is 102. But um... oh, it's
0: the media home entertainment when they put out a director's cut. I think on home video. I think that, you... I think they put one out that was sort of in between the theatrical and the yeah. one that they mastered from. V-
1: Yes. Yeah, and the VHS we'll quality was apparently really, really bad as well. So um, Yeah, I never saw it. All right. Um moving along, pick this up for a bucket at the thrift store in Perfect Nick. The American Graffiti soundtrack. Two disco. Um oh, The I'll American
2: Graffiti soundtrack. Grab me by the yeah, lapel.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um speaking of every day's Halloween, Misfits Collection 2. I picked nice. up for a fiver off uh marketplace I already had it on the um misfits box set that i've got but that's a truncated version they've, they've played around with it so that's just one for the car um speaking of the misfits this is an oddity i picked <laughs> up um off a seller off ebay for 12 bucks brand new sealed it is misfits meet the Nutley brass
2: Oh, that's great! I
1: love that. Yeah, I yeah, I really enjoyed it. it uh, the Fiend Club the, Lounge. It's basically just lounge versions of Misfits songs. It's um, I, I really enjoyed it. So I had the, to have that one.
2: The movie Hot Rod used one of the songs off of that.
1: Oh, did it? I've not seen yeah, it.
2: Yeah, uh, they used the cover of Skulls when uh, Rod does the jump, when, uh, <laughs> does the big jump when he's flying through the air. That's their cover of Skulls
1: playing. Yeah. And anyway, getting into the last one um bought this off a seller of eBay he had it at a starting price of fifteen dollars for bids I made him an offer I said, look fifteen bucks i'll I can come pick it up because you're in Melbourne I can come pick it up in an hour he goes ah, okay, no worries um went to his house picked it up he must have had two copies because soon as I bought it he's recognized what it goes for and put the next one up at eighty bucks. This band's hard to get. Deadbolt, Tiki mm-hmm. Man, Deadbolt is the hardest. Yeah, they are the hardest to find next to Messer Chops, but they're Russian, so this stuff's gonna be impossible to find. Deadbolt CDs go for a fortune everywhere, so for fifteen bucks, I um I had to get it. Slowly getting up that Deadbolt collection. I just got another one sent to Anthony's house from a seller in the UK for under twenty bucks. So I'll get them all on the end, Ow. all eight of them or nine <laughs> of them, whatever there is. I've got one, two, three, four, five. I've got another one coming in the mail as well, which I picked up of um, eBay, but that'll be on the next whip out your junk. So that's it for me. I'm done.
0: All right. Well, I guess I'll I'll shoot mine real real quick and we'll get into the uh, TV episode. Uh, so I, I uh, went to the big uh, County library sale and, found uh, the Richard Harris uh, Love Album <laughs> with uh, the style, pure, No Scratches, has the notorious cover of Richard Harris in sort of a hippie meets biker type of gear. He's he looks like, sunglasses and, like
1: John Holmes there. He's, yeah, he does. A, yeah.
0: <laughs> this was before John Holmes, though, it should be noted. Oh, uh, long but This has MacArthur Park and his uh, special brand of spoken word and singing. And I also got um, Richard Harris, my boy. Which uh, is also, um, this was uh, scratchless, perfect vinyl. Looking uh, like Chuck Norris there, there you he's go, a Hunter. bit of a chameleon. You gotta, you gotta seek this out, uh, you can open up and read the lyrics. Sweet. Sweet. Well, you're, and, gonna, uh, you're
1: gonna need them with Richard Harris.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been playing them uh, this week really loud and uh, the wife's yelling
1: <laughs> at me. <laughs> you old fuck. So. <laughs> Seriously, who cranks <laughs> Richard Harris albums?
4: <laughs> this is edgy <laughs> these days, too. There's, no, there's the, no
0: edginess to liking punk rock or metal these days. Ah, so like now the, it's uh, uh really
2: he's he's gonna get the harry dean stanton record next
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah if I can find it, huh? uh this was sent to me by mike malloy because i helped him out with a documentary that is on this british the uk blu-ray edition of good guys wear black uh put out by 88 films um it includes a documentary about norris's early career and um it's i think it's the first documentary ever done about the early stage of his film career which is a pretty interesting story and uh mike malloy produced this for 88 films and hosted, it and he used some of my magazines and information in the documentary so i ended up with a, a nice spare copy but uh it's That's worth fun. getting if you're i think it's it's not on the Kino lorber edition uh for whatever reason uh it's only on the 88 films it is worth grabbing i think for that if you If you don't have the Kino Lorber edition and you have a nice little holy hand grenade Blu-ray player that can play anything from around the world, get the UK edition. It's totally worth it if you have any love for the film, Uh, which I I think is actually a pretty decent flick. And um, otherwise, uh, I don't know if I've shown this before, but it is the Pentangle uh, complete album box set that's really nice. I've been getting into English folk rock of the late 60s lately and um our our listener anson is really into that stuff too he's been posting their videos but uh it's uh it's really nice digitally remastered pretty much their complete discography you know in their prime and uh they're they become one of my favorite things to listen to uh these days because uh you know if i listen to too much motorhead the tinnitus starts to develop so i gotta listen to something that is nostalgic about an england that probably never really existed but
3: Mm -hmm. you
1: know
0: exist in your brain if you listen to pentangle or richard harris yeah yeah who's irish actually but we'll, we'll let that slide nobody's perfect but that's it for me <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah all right that's it
0: that's it yep. all right okay let's get on to the uh main thrust of the program fez yelling enough okay uh okay so we're covering the halloween episode of my camera private eye which was the which uh, is not
1: 80s. on this fucking version which i thought it was That's true. i'm flipping through going right. where is it season one this is this one yeah you but...
0: had to watch it on youtube i believe yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. so the um <clears throat> by the way you can watch a show on uh tubi and i think free and uh youtube and it's it's available in those outlets uh it there is a DVD set, however, it goes for like 200 bucks in America. I just checked on Amazon. So, the full, is I that once the four disc one? Like five,
1: John, is that the full uh, disc yeah, one? 4
0: disc one? Yeah. And it's there's like. A, there's I a seller it, here.
1: There's a seller here selling it for 65 Australian free postage. I'm going to throw an offer of 40 and see if they buy it. If they do, I'm going to take it because. It would uh, be worth it. Uh, yeah.
0: I used to own it, but. Uh, sold it for whatever reason because i wanted to keep my dvd collection small yeah this is back when i had 60 dvds you know but you uh, were streamlining stuff at
1: 60 dvds that's insane yeah
0: imagine that can you believe it well i didn't think i'd ever buy a house so (laughs) um so okay this aired according to this november 2nd 1997 so uh my god it's a kind of an anniversary here yeah And they didn't even get to air it around Halloween in syndicated markets. 25th anniversary um, today. There you go. Right. Unbelievable. What an amazing coincidence. I didn't even check that out. <laughs> but anyway, um, what they did was, as uh, as those who have... Uh, we've done like one episode on Mickey Splints My Camera, I believe, right? With Stacey Keach. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, the show was very successful on CBS, but Keach got into some legal trouble. And so its ratings kind of... I think nose dived a bit. They they brought it back and uh as the new Mike Hammer and then made them. I think they did some TV movies and did uh some tougher, grimmer episodes. It wasn't as fun as the first incarnation of Mickey Spillane's My Camera. Um, so they they brought it back in syndication in the nineties with a new series, much lower budget. Uh however, it's a lot sleazier because uh for those around the world who may may or may not already know this in the 90s there was this real boom in syndicated action tv uh cuz baywatch was this huge hit like around the world so it showed there was a market for first run syndicated entertainment baywatch originally ran on nbc for like a couple of seasons it was canceled but they somehow were doing so well in foreign markets they were able to clear a syndicated market and uh so local ch- stations would air this and they got great ratings for baywatch and star trek the next generation got outstanding ratings often better ratings than network john
1: shows. so john up, yeah, john yeah. it's because tits mm. sell it doesn't matter yeah, all around the world it doesn't matter
0: <laughs> yeah i know it, it's, it's true it's, it's universal language
1: mm-hmm.
0: so uh you had hercules uh with kevin serbo then you had the xena thing which you know people forget that those shows actually were filled with uh scantily clad women you know, that was a big ratings getter. Like, you, you watch an old Hercules, you'd be surprised mm-hmm. uh, that he's always going to run into a harem where, you know, you got dancing girls and stuff. They had to put things like that in there. Xena was kind of like that before it got picked up on by the lesbians and then they kind of started pandering to them. <laughs> However, um, so what they did was they brought back uh, My Camera Private Eye, which was a new version of uh, the Stacy Keats show with Stacy Keats still playing My Camera. Uh, they replaced uh the Velda actress Lindsay Bloom with Shannon Worry, who was the queen of erotic uh straight to video movies. Uh they have Robert Conrad's son, Shane Conrad, playing mm-hmm. uh, sort Nick Farrell, who is not in the Spillane novels, and I guess he was sort of brought in as to be sort of um I don't know, maybe a romantic foil for for Velda because Shannon Worry is too young to be flirting with Stacy Keach because he's gotta be, you know, flirting with all these women around who act like he's you know, uh Cary Grant or Roger Moore or whatever to James. They never Bond bothered people. Tom Sellick in so, Magnum. Um, yeah, I yeah, sort of oh, like that. Did he did he get hit on by women in Magnum?
1: Are you kidding?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'd never really watched it. I've seen a few Magnums in my lifetime. It's not mm. not a favorite of mine. Uh so what they did was the they had there are a lot of sleazier, by the way, they did replace Don Stroud with Peter Jason, who you've probably seen in some John Carpenter movies, you'd recognize him as soon as you watch it. Um, what they did was they they bumped up the sleaze and the violence. Uh, the, it's a much cheaper show because it doesn't have that network budget, but they just kind of make up for it by doing the more suggestive, almost pre-Sin City type of like there's a there's a finale in here where you get kind of a bondage imagery that you wouldn't get on the network version
1: of the yeah, show. Yeah, there was like um,
2: thong type stuff going on. I was yeah, going, there was some whoa, thong whoa, action. Hey,
0: hey, hey!
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, they, that was like this. Yeah, they did. More. They cast some,
3: well, like, some you know, good looking you know, model I actresses.
0: that are <laughs> facing away. You'll get a eyeful. <laughs> but uh, so this episode was uh, supposed to. air on halloween it aired november 2nd it said during halloween you have sort of a uh a cult killer who is in uh he's in prison he's obviously based on charles manson you have um you know who he is satanic rich
1: john you know who that guy is that is i forgot his character's name but he is in the porky's movies cyril o'reilly is the actor but i forgot who he plays but um yeah.
2: He's a Manson type guy named Corey.
1: <laughs> Halloween names? Nick really that it? one, you oh, reckon?
2: No. This movie, I mean, this show, Halloween Ends, is a remake of this episode of Mike Hammer because Halloween Ends features a guy named Corey who's on Halloween go. impersonating Michael Myers. <laughs> so, so so he's so doing, doing copycat we killings. Have, killings. I, we oh, have my killers gosh. impersonating Corey. <laughs> So, Corey, I was like, this is a sequel. Corey's in prison and people are replicating his murder. They <laughs> gave me an Corey. idea for a
0: pitch there. I might try to throw it at yeah. Bloomhouse.
2: Yeah, call Jason Bloom. Say, I have a pitch. Mike Hammer versus Michael Myers
0: and Corey. Yes. Back. <laughs> you know? we'll, we'll dust off Stacey Keach, bring him in, you know, get him a good stunt <laughs> double. But, <laughs> but uh, of course, they, uh, they have the Vincent Bugliosi type of. Uh, lawyer who's turned his experience of the case into a bestseller and they make all these references to you know a a pop culture world that they've created that we don't really know about we have to be informed by and um i mean there's not much of a mystery to it even though it is a mystery but any experienced viewer of this of the of these type of shows will figure out who it is you can tell by the acting style that just gives it away every time i call Mm. it the matt houston uh, solution because if you watched any episode of first season Matt Houston with Lee Horsley you could always figure out who the killer was by the way the actor was overacting when he was confronted by uh Matt Houston so
1: it's just know, you that you are yeah yeah it takes a bit of uh bit of thinking to who it is I can't say I yeah. actually picked it was... it's
0: not it's not British mystery quality you know no. it's not it's not Poirot. no no um so we get uh, we get uh, Mike flirting with some of the former Manson girls. I mean Corey girls, mm-hmm. um, like Corey's angels. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Corey's Corey's, Corey's uh, satanicas or whatever. What, yeah. what did Glenn Corey's devils? Uh, devilinas. Mm.
3: Devilinas.
2: Yeah. But-
0: but, but you get like, um you'll get Mike Hammer beating up uh, some biker type bouncer who just gives him lip at the tattoo parlor and he hits him with the, the double slap on the ears and then punches him in the face. That was that was yep. pretty good. Cheap yep. choreography. When you when you need a fight in a pinch, that's all you need. Uh, Keach was in pretty good shape for this. Uh, Shannon Worry looks pretty amazing and. Camera angles definitely emphasize. She looked love, great. So I love the opening you were, credits. You were catching this at two in the morning. It was perfect viewing. I gotcha. I love the opening credits.
2: They just start on her, her <laughs> chest. Yeah. And just zoom out.
1: <laughs> yep.
2: Oh man, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. When the when the, the the boomers were in charge, there there was definitely more emphasis on that part of the body than there is today.
1: Not now. <laughs> Could you imagine a Kevin Smith directed Mike Hammer episode it'd be atrocious.
2: Well, Mike Hammer would uh get killed and apologize to all the women he's wronged first before he uh yeah. died. And then and then uh his his like uh you know How can I put this? His his daughter who's been to college
0: would uh take his place. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or he would decide the only solution is to have sex with Pat Chambers while uh Velda watches. Because <laughs> this is in some demented guy's mind as the solution to problems this, is this, take this, a straight this, character and make him be gay for <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's 90s it's logic. Another, oh god.
2: I, I I loved the way Garrow phrased it. It's a cry for help. It would be another. Yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> it
3: is. Yeah. <is. laughs>
0: Well, think about it. This was airing on TV and in in some markets like in mine and back in Mississippi, it aired at like four o'clock in the afternoon on Saturdays. So any kid lucky enough to be channel surfing could see some good high quality sleaze if he saw this, you know, on the America One channel. But um, but when this was in uh, on TV, Kevin Smith was at his peak in movie making and people actually looked forward to his films. And Mm -hmm. he was arguably a mainstream director. For a, a, yeah. a cup of coffee, mm-hmm. yeah. how strange is that? And and now you can't see stuff like this anymore unless they make a Sin City sequel, you know.
2: Yeah. Well, did y'all see a Dame to Kill for the second Sin City movie? Yeah. What would y'all <laughs> think of it?
1: <sighs> I love the way it was shot. A really nice looking thing.
2: Yeah, it's not bad. I, I saw it, but I don't. I just don't remember it. Like it just didn't make much of an impression on me.
1: I think I like Lady Gaga. I remember in it. Eva Green? Yeah, mostly was Lady Gaga in that one. Yeah, yeah. I think I think she was okay in that from memory. Um,
2: but that's what Sin City is like. You know, it's like Frank Miller's uh, Mike Hammer novel on steroids and LSD. He's admitted
0: as much. He he says this is basically. Bringing when he was 12 years old, I guess he got into his dad's Mickey Spillane novels and was reading them. And this was his the type of comic book he wanted to read when he was 13 or whatever. Reading My Hammer, and... I've got
1: that second Sin City on uh, 3D Blu ray <laughs> and watched in oh, really? 3D, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was dirt cheap, it was less than 10 bucks, so why not? But
0: it was a bit of a bit of a flop but um yeah i don't the most r-rated movie i think i saw that year Mm -hmm. because it didn't didn't really capture the energy of the first one because the first one at least moves really well that one moves kind of slow from what i remember yeah the first one was really exciting
2: because um it was kind of the first time you know when you when star wars attack of the clones came out. It was shot basically like George Lucas was just putting the actors on green screens and mm-hmm. shooting it. And he shot it all yeah. digitally. Right. But that's George Lucas. You kind of right. go like he has a, he's got an army of He's got his own world, you know, where he can do what he can just say, I want this. And it, somebody, it'll be on his desk in the morning. And no one questions uh, it. When, when Mitt Rodriguez made sin city, I was, that's when I kind of went, Oh, this, this is what you can do. Because that was yeah. a, a digitally created world, but it was simple and it was stark and it seemed like it was low budget, but still like well done. And I remember thinking, oh, the possibilities for this are huge. I think Robert Rodriguez was kind of the first director to take what Lucas was doing and apply it in a low budget way, in a way that uh, was quality. You know? Well,
1: he was doing it more even before that with the third Spy Kids film. Yeah, he did it with
2: Spike. Yeah, he did it with Spike Kids although like I think those movies were kind of an eyesore while Sin City wasn't, you know. <laughs> you, mm. you know. Yeah. Um and uh also, you know, in, in when he made Once Upon a Time in Mexico, he shot that all digitally. Um
1: mm.
2: even though it wasn't all like done on green screen. Yeah. Uh, he was taking uh, he was doing a mainstream film digitally, which was, you know, that was when that was edgy to do that, I guess. I mean, people have done it before, but, you know, that's still, I still like
1: that one, that Once yeah. Upon a Time in Mexico. I enjoy that film. I,
2: I like it because the plot is completely incomprehensible and it doesn't matter because it's just all about aesthetics and yep. one-liners and looking cool, smoking cigarettes. and Look at Johnny and- Depp's and- mechanical hand. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. But it's just like, you know, when I, I remember watching it and going, I have no clue what that was about, but that's the way a lot of spaghetti westerns are. You know, it's like, what's the plot? I don't know, who cares? The... Guy looked cool while
0: he shot people. Yep. That's all I want. Yeah. Yeah, the um, but sin said he moved really well. I think he showed you could make an energetic movie in CGI and create the surroundings and everything. You didn't have to act like the actors stand there and talk, and you know, these puppet monster shit things like in Star Wars would come around and they'd react to them like and it just looked phony. Like Sin City had fight scenes and action scenes, and, you know it looked it looked good basically. Like mm-hmm. it was actually exciting to watch.
1: The and most interesting character, R-rated. best character in uh, Sin City was Elijah Wood. For me, he's one. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, it was fun to watch Frodo Baggins
0: like eat people.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> and then yeah, that uh, was Nicky uh, Rourke to... with the Mike Hammer jaw prosthetic to make him look oh, like yeah. the Mike Hammer of the books. Yeah, and Tarantino going.
2: <laughs> you you know Mickey Rourke just looks like you know he, he just looks Rire. like he was birthed by Frank Miller.
1: <laughs> cocaine.
0: <laughs> but the um, remember, uh remember the
2: Oh, I was going to say remember Robert Rodriguez like brought him in to direct a scene to like try to sell him on shooting digitally. Yeah. <laughs> and he directed oh. I think the scene where Clive Owen's talking to Benicio Del Toro's
0: corpse. <laughs> um yeah that bring oh, me ahead I, of alfredo garcia knockoff stuff basically yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> right well the um i should i should reference it because i know we have people listening who don't quite get it but uh mickey spillane's paperbacks in the 50s were huge seller they were the i think he was the number one selling fiction writer of the 1950s and the, they he pretty much created the paperback market But the paperbacks had the sleaziest covers, for even for the 50s. I mean, even now, for today, I don't even think you could do those covers on editions. But you'd always have a gun. You'd have a a near-nude woman in Jeopardy or looking seductive, and they sold like crazy. And 12-year-old boys read these. And so I think it might be better for society if young boys read Mickey Spillane instead of J.K. Rowling young boys yeah, don't we read. We might get a tougher generation, it, yes, but yes, please. They don't, don't
1: read.
2: read. Don't yeah, the the Harry Potter <laughs> crap and all that, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's the, oh, that's we we've, we've seen the social effects of this, guys. We can't... Te-
1: teenagers do not have the um, attention span to read a book unless they are forced to in school to pick up a, to pick up a book. That's sad. To pick up this one and read it that's a screenplay but it's a book uh right no too many pages i can't read it yeah what are you gonna I do mean, we're getting
0: these? to a point where kids won't watch movies they, they, oh, they yeah. think movies are, are gonna be oh, too yeah. long they, and...
2: they, i think mm-hmm. uh the short form video stuff like tiktok has really wrecked attention spans because i remember when vine came out i got on vine mm-hmm. and i was going Oh wow, there's all these little creative things people are doing like it was pretty exciting. And then I noticed like I had zero I I noticed watching movies was torturous uh after I got on Vine so I was like I have to not I, I can't use this hell site anymore. It's killing me. So I, don't, I that
1: That's really- because no movies had you mimicking a line from Predator and Jackie sitting on the bed behind you. Yeah, saying so get a yeah. chopper, get to the chopper. And i remember
2: going remember i remember holding jackie and going remember when i said i'd let you live I lied. <laughs> <laughs> <And then> I, <laughs> oh
1: jackie
2: <laughs> man i can't believe you remember that oh yeah yeah
1: it's just jackie on the bed ladies <laughs> I just piss myself laughing
0: <laughs> so um, um what did you uh Hunter, what did you think of watching this? I think this is probably the first time you watch a Stacey Keach, Mike Hammer. Yeah, episode, I, I think anything. I
2: saw one of the movies a long time ago. Um, yeah, but this was my first time seeing this show, and uh, I liked it. It was uh, it was kind of the sort of sleazy, lurid nineties TV that you know I wasn't allowed to watch around this time. <laughs> um, you know, uh, but I like Stacey as Mike Hammer. Uh, he's cool. Oh yeah, my first yeah uh exposure to hammer was ralph meeker uh playing the part in kiss me deadly which i always loved i know the people who made those who made that movie hate mike hammer but sorry you can't you can't make mike hammer not cool
0: (laughs) you know yeah it's Uh, a backfire effect with that movie
2: yeah they were trying
0: like screw those commies break his opera records i don't care yeah Mm -hmm. exactly
2: it's like oh yeah oh he's a bully oh well you know i Sorry, oh, he's, he's bullying,
0: bullying. commies Ooh, whoa. He's bullying. <laughs> i'm sorry he's <laughs> I'm bullying so people
2: that's that are terrible so fine with me yeah um but uh yeah i love the i, I it's kind of like you know what it reminds me of watching it's like watching forever night or something which we've been so <laughs> trying to do a show on where it's got that video we still gotta look. do that episode hunter we gotta do the big yeah, we, forever do. Night we gotta do we gotta do a forever night episode um but Forever Night kind of has that late mid to late 90s kind of TV sleazy aesthetic. Comes Is that that
1: Night Rider um knockoff whatever it was? Forever Night?
2: Forever Nights, it's about a vampire cop.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it I thought it, it was a started Rider. out
2: as starring Rick Springfield and they did a pilot that became a TV movie and uh it ended up moving up to Canada and uh, it starred a, a different get around when Davies, he's a Welsh guy, you know, the name is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has John Capellos who was in all the John Hughes films, but uh, yeah, it's it when I remember watching uh, that. And then I saw some of Kung Fu, the legend continues. And I went, I think the people who made forever night produced this,
0: cause it just feels so similar. And it turns out. I think they was. did. They're all shot in Toronto and you know they used <laughs> a lot of the same actors and in oh, and in the... background background shots and everything. Yeah.
2: And apparently the guy who created Forever Night wrote Friday the thirteenth, part four, the final chapter. Oh god.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Was that Barney Cohen? I can't
2: remember. Yes, Barney Cohen. Very good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got it. Right. Yeah,
0: man. My yeah. weird recall memory worked. Oh my gosh!
2: I just saw. I watched Friday the Thirteenth Part Four recently, and I saw the bar, screenplay by Barney Cohen, and I was like, Barney Cohen, Barney Cohen. I know that name. I saw it on some show every go around, and it, it was forever
1: night. What did you think of Friday the Thirteenth Part Four after a rewatch? Eh, it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was I, the same.
2: That's one that fans love because I think they love. I think they like Tommy Jarvis or something They like seeing being seen as horror fans, mm-hmm. you know, like they all think of themselves as little Rick Bakers or Rob Bottons. You, know, <laughs> you know, like that. But uh, Jason's barely in it. Yep. Um, you know, Crispin Glover is memorable as one of the teenagers. Uh, and I think them watching the old like silent stag films is kind of fun but i mean jason's like he's just you just kind of see flashes of him and it's like oh it's got gorefex by tom savini but again it's kind of wasted like i like part two a lot yeah Um, part three i like more but uh i don't like it as much as part two but yeah i even like part five more you know like it's just yeah (laughs) (laughs) i just in like um Someone was saying I like it because it has the Joe Zito style. I have never seen a Joe Zito film I've liked. I'm sorry. You know, I think his canon films are kind of garbage. (laughs) Mm. um, I
0: I remember thinking Power 4 was very mean spirited. I think even mm. like the kids weren't even all that likable. No, I remember a girl laughed. Yeah. Well, a girl like rejects Crispin Glover and like laughed at him. Am Mm -hmm. am I misremembering? I think it's just like everybody was all the girls were bitches and all the guys were like unsympathetic except for Crispin Glover and mm. you know, yeah. maybe Tommy Jarvis. I don't know. Like yeah. I didn't like the characters. Like if I don't like the characters, like I can't get into this dumb slasher formula yeah. at all. Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't mind seeing Jason kill them because it's like, well maybe I'll get a glimpse of a good Savini effect or something, but I mean, yeah, it's not a series I dig at all. But.
2: You know, it kind of had a memorable opening with the hospital, but that's about it. Um, mm. yeah. And, uh, But, you know, I I watched that one because whenever I've done Friday the 13th, I do part two, uh, or I'll do maybe part three. The first one very occasionally.
3: Mm.
2: Um, Or I'll do the crazy ones like Jason X and Freddy vs. Jason. Um, But I kind of, four through uh, Jason Goes to Hell, I've only seen once. You
1: haven't seen six? more than once part six no and that's it's one i'm going to
2: revisit yeah is yeah. that one i remember liking um i remember new blood i mean new blood uh didn't really make an impression on me
1: seven um, yeah. yeah
2: and yeah and then jason takes manhattan is really stupid it is that's kind yeah. of why it's fun <laughs> you <Yeah>. know like <laughs> the, the, the kids are going on this cruise at, at crystal lake and they go to new york and the cruise is like it's some piece of crap like industrial tanker that was probably all the
0: filmmakers
2: could get that was uh, all made in
0: canada too too, by the same crew from like i think friday the 13th the tv series
2: oh gosh and i just remember watching it going man like i just remember being a kid and all the kids were like you gotta see part eight that's where we go to new york city oh it's so awesome and yeah. I remember thinking, Jason takes Manhattan. That sounds dope. And then you see it, and it's like, oh, so, it's it so bad. It takes like, him deliver.
1: ever to get there as well. <laughs> yeah. It's has an I mean, hour or so to get the Manhattan. So,
2: But it, I found it memorable just because it so doesn't deliver very well on its promise. <laughs> but just because it's kind of, it's such a cheap, junky production that it's, I, it has some charm.
1: I would like to remake part eight, but it's uh, Jason on a ship, but he actually goes on the Kiss cruise and just all all apologist kiss fans out there who who go on about how great uh oh you know sonic boom is and they it's their favorite <laughs> album and they say that uh you know carnival souls is misunderstood uh, jason just cuts their head off that's it all burns them alive and
2: paul stanley's complaining about every how everybody's wronged him <laughs>
1: and Jason just <laughs> takes his other Jason takes his other ear and says well you know I'm upset. shit happens they, the only
0: person Jason and doesn't kill, and just yeah. pulls it and, you know the only, person he bloody is, yeah. Yeah.
2: the only person he doesn't kill is gene simmons he's like you're all right
1: he just gives gene the uh he gives gene the that and gene's yeah, because the that's yes. the
2: one everybody would want to see die and it would just be funny if he didn't kill. <laughs>
1: Actually, Gene sets up Jason. He pays him a lot of money, and promises promises to resurrect Camp Crystal Lake, and says, "Just get rid of the others."
2: He he peels off Tommy Thayer's face and puts <laughs> an Ace freely mask. On.
1: <laughs> yeah. So,
0: Stu, you were new to this incarnation of uh, the Keych Hammer. So, what what was your impression of it? Other than the additional TNA and blood that they couldn't get away with on network TV,
1: it just felt like another Mike Camera series. It felt like a continuation of this one to the the new Mike Hammer from the late '80s that we have spoken about. It it really felt like just a, a, a another successor to that. It didn't seem like it didn't seem like Clerks three. Oh boy, he's really yeah. old. He he's not looking the part. Stacy Keach is barely aged okay there's only fifteen years between i think or thirteen years between uh the first series to this one yeah um, but Stacy Keach is Mike Hammer. there's there is no no other substitute he it's a sort of role he can just go straight back into it you know put the hat yeah. on put the put the trench coat on. He's right. It's like Peter Falk of Colombo. He's, he can just walk straight back into it after many years of, of absence from the role. Puts on uh, the
0: fedora and, and you know, yeah. Put, uh, puts on the 45 and he's hammer, you know, yeah. he's got that mustache and It'd
1: you need know. take five minutes to get back into that part. But I, I really enjoyed it. It was trim. It was, you know, quick. It, it didn't lag at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was perfectly fine. I, I liked the supporting cast. The story, oh, you know, it was okay. It was, uh, you know.
2: It was sufficiently Halloween, you know.
0: Yeah,
1: it, it was a yeah. nice thing What
4: was
2: that line? There. He goes, my friend Blue didn't liked pumpkin pie, but not when he was the filling. Or yeah. <laughs> 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 they,
1: they had a lot more comical quips in this series than what the other ones did. The other ones had them, but not... Not like this episode did. I do want to go back and get that series. I, I want to try and track it down because I, I need it on the shelf. Yeah. it's um Unless, and I'm hoping ViaVision might get it because uh, they put out the other two. So mm-hmm. hopefully they'll get their hands on it. Um,
0: the only thing hurting this one is uh, I think it's uh, different different owners. Like oh, the okay. original series is owned by Sony. Sony. And this one I think it's owned by some syndicator. You know, because Keech basically, I think, option the rights himself or something and this is sort of like a self-production and because his wife has a role um she's not in this episode but she plays like a uh, a yoga studio owner that neighbored with his office or something and she appears in other episodes Mm -hmm. um another thing to note is um, (laughs) Although, although um however uh our He didn't direct this episode, but Graydon Clark, I believe, directed a number of episodes in the series. Nice. Yes. Friend of the show.
1: Mr. Wacko uh, Graydon Clark. Yeah. Mr. Joysticks Graydon Clark. He directed
0: Black Shampoo, so he could do this sort of thing pretty easily, I think. Yeah. And um, and that wasn't one thing I noticed is, uh, boy, they could definitely get away with a lot more than they could on CBS. Because, boy, every girl that you see... She will be scantily clad at one yeah, one time or another on that show. You're going to get what you want. So Well, that... I was actually... Uh, it was basically... You know, I was glad you explained the
2: syndication here, thing, because
3: mm-hmm.
2: I had no... I was sitting there watching it going, how'd they get away with this much in 1997? You know, like, I was going
0: even the profanity is a little mild for or it's actually raunchy like you couldn't say piss mm. and bitch on tv that casually even in the 90s and so they were able to get away with some stuff language wise that in syndication that you could not do on network tv because they were so strict about a lot of that stuff still even in the 90s unless it was fox and it was x-files and they can get away with a few, a few things or it, it wwf
1: raw that on would get away with the, in the way yeah, shit time yeah
0: on the X-Files, you could have an
2: episode where a bunch of rednecks keep their armless, legless mother in a drawer for breeding. And, you know, oh, and, oh it's kosher. Yeah. that, that, that I, I saw the interview with James Wong, and he goes, yeah, that episode is was the impetus for the V-chip. It was. Remember the V-chip?
0: Was, t- yeah. TV ratings came around, like, right after that aired because that yeah. thing was so shocking yeah the surprisingly thing- they weren't around for this <laughs> yeah yeah no although kidding. i think maybe it was maybe by then i think uh this this probably had a v rating or mature rating or something like that well, but in syndication it- they air it at saturday afternoon at two o'clock or something you know
2: i think uh, uh so- but what was funny was you know i'm watching satanic rites of dracula to get ready for that because i thought we were going to be doing that tonight and yeah you know i'm watching it and i'm like i for some reason like every movie i've seen lately has like devil worship scenes in it uh <laughs> like i watched werewolves on wheels you seen that
0: movie <laughs> i haven't seen it
2: i thought it was gonna be like a fun werewolf biker movie and half the movie is like a black mass and like these, yeah it, i've it, heard it's kind of
0: dull but i've never
2: seen it. it's it's boring yeah i turned it off but like i was going this is some yeah this is like a bunch of Crowley stuff. I was going, what's going on? And then I watch uh, Dracula 80, 1972. And then that has devil worship mm. in it. And then you get satanic Rise of Dracula. And that one's like, you know, pretty full on with like the nudity and stuff like that. And I was going, I never got as yeah.
1: far as that one. We I got to the first one. And then obviously the pin was pulled. I was
2: like, I was like, man, hammer was really trying to, you know, sell some tickets with some blood and boobs. in that mm-hmm. one, but uh and then i put and then i'm like okay we're doing stacy and then i turned that on i'm like oh great
0: more devil (laughs) worship this is not everything i want. you you feel like you've read an 800 page dennis wheatley novel i I feel like
2: the uh i feel like what's his name uh i feel like dan Seatler's strange rituals group is like (laughs) casting a spell you know (laughs) (laughs) because
0: he's relentless with those postings so
2: oh yeah he, he, he finds every spoopy post on the internet and puts it in there (laughs)
0: <laughs> well it's, it's the most Halloweenish uh you'll get this week i guess you know you gotta reach peak halloween with your satanic rituals yeah. but uh the uh the funny thing is you mentioned the low budget of uh, satanic rights of dracula we'll talk about that on a future show when yeah. we do our makeup for for that topic however it does remind me that one reason this show uh this my camera private eye is so much sleazier and bloodier than the network version is because it's working with like half the money maybe even a fourth of the money so how do you make up for that well you put some pretty girls in there with some thongs and mm-hmm. you know some some nice outfits and stuff and there's you can make up for of that lack of in, budget pretty well dead girls in lingerie you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly and then i mean they had like blood on the the woman the woman in the bathtub and everything it was just like wow this is almost like watching satanic Rites of dracula with mike hammer Mm-hmm. on the case or yeah. something but
2: yeah that's what i was and and <laughs> well no never mind i was just confusing actually i was about to bring up a scene but i went wait that's from satanic Rites of dracula <laughs> <It's just irrelevant laughs> they are to starting to mind.
0: meld together in my memory <laughs>
2: yeah totally they are um
0: uh but no Remember, one Hunter, thing I, one I had the page six girls that. doing scenes and the other has the playboy models doing. it you know there's a difference
2: and one thing I loved about the show, though, was the uh, scene transitions with the the
0: going into novels. So oh, yeah,
2: dogs going crazy.
0: Yeah, they have the they have the fake kind of fifties paperback covers. Yeah, your dogs spicier and my cats are on the show.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, your cat's an angel compared to
0: Buster. Yeah, Fez <laughs> is in my lap right now, and he's being very good and quiet. This, so, this is the hey, face Buster. Of,
2: this is the face of evil right here
0: the pure evil <laughs>
2: like, he is he, like i feel like dr loomis i'm like he's evil incarnate he's the devil. blackest
0: eyes i've ever seen I
2: saw his eyes the blackest eyes the devil's eyes the evil is gone from here when he leaves the house
0: yeah he goes outside. but that that's something that i don't think low budget filmmakers realize today is like if you want to make up for a lack of budget get some hot girls and have some groovy violence and you can kind of make up for it as long as you get it totally correct you know
2: yeah is sex is kind of gone from movies in the it's almost like it's been replaced by correct politics yeah you know like like this new like every horror movie now it's like it's got to be it's got to have some social message it's got to have some uh some angle like this new film barbarian that came out like everybody's like oh it's a good horror movie until it becomes like a me
0: too screed or
2: something <laughs> and i'm like why oh, Why do
0: we need to be lectured going to the movies where do we hear all this crap all the time i don't know
2: like i just kind of want to be scared you know i uh, want want some thrills some chills some spills you know if you if you want to have some social stuff like keep it in the un, keep it in the weave it into the fabric don't um you don't need to pontificate which is what i think a lot of these movies yeah do. you
0: can also make it vague and make uh, the audience do some guessing
2: yeah
0: it doesn't hurt doesn't hurt challenge the audience a little bit that's what i liked. it was such a relief to watch this because it was just like hey we know why you're watching this we're gonna yeah, give you what wants, you want to see in yeah, a quick package sleazy. you might forget it tomorrow but we're gonna give you what you want
2: yeah i'm it's already like what, audience. what happened uh mike hammer ran around looking for devil worshippers. there was a guy in prison named Cory. <laughs>
0: an it evil cult leader named Corey.
2: yeah with a big uh it ended with a big uh you know kind of lurid sacrifice scene and i just remember the dude who yeah. was gonna be sacrificed just kind of getting up off the table and i'm like robert conrad's son <laughs> i was about to get a uh, sacrifice to the dark one i'm just gonna get up off this altar now <laughs> i'm just gonna get <laughs> like he just kind of get yeah up yeah there. what was
0: holding it back
2: <laughs> yeah just all right guess guess i'm not getting sacrificed yeah now.
1: Not getting any uh, of the other either, right? Yeah, mm. but
0: it's it's a it was a I thought it was a it was a pretty fun forty two minutes whatever the hell it was and yeah, yeah it's like you can't go wrong with it really. It
1: it wasn't yeah. the sort of my camera where you watch the go well. It's a real step down from the other two seasons. It was it was just a continuation. Yeah, yeah, just the uh... with just a different
0: velvet and that's about it.
2: And I, I also appreciate yeah. seeing a guy like Stacy Keach being a ladies man. I I, I appreciate that. I, you know, like he's just, he's always got a, I got a new date tonight. Oh, she's been moited. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. Get
0: the next That's, one. You, you think the women in New York would learn, don't date Mike Hammer. You're going to end up dead. He's always like, and I remember
2: him going, one of my enemies perhaps did this. And it's like, <laughs> Dating Mike Hammer is probably not a good idea if he's yeah. like immediately going, "Yep,
1: bad for your health."
2: happen <laughs> is, is this girl would end up uh,
0: dead in a bloody bathtub. You know. Mm. Well, remember Marvel Zombies? This is why Peter Parker can't date Mary Jane,
3: mm.
1: at least yeah. in
0: the first movie, because <laughs> right, she'd end up like a Mike Hammer girl.
1: So Jack, so Jack man yeah that's what you should be called all right we're gonna rate this thing
0: yeah sure go ahead yeah. Stu. yeah
1: all right i am gonna give it a six and a half enjoyed it it was just uh more mike hammer that i've got to track down and find to have on the shelf but no thoroughly enjoyed it recommend it
2: Uh hunter I'll give it a six. I think it's perfectly solid. It's the type of stuff that we should have plenty
0: of these days, but don't. But there's always YouTube. Yeah, yeah. There's even Netflix shows. You think they could do something that's fun, and they never do. Yeah.
1: They um, couldn't do my camera now because there's nobody who could do my camera. There's no one yeah. out there. Not we're going to get <laughs> the incredible hulk guy i keep forgetting his name
2: mark ruffalo
1: yeah no 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 (laughs) No,
2: no. and like you you know the 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 guy who's the go-to chad these days is henry cavill but he's too nice you know i think he's too even as Geralt of rivia um like you know he's still like he just has a wholesome quality to him you need a little bit of sleaze with mike you know actually you you, you gotta i don't look at at uh like Mike kinda needs to be the sort of uh kind of have that boomer energy that he's you know, kind of a scumbag, you know?
1: Mel. <laughs> Mel could do my camera.
0: Mel
2: could do my camera.
1: Oh, shit yeah.
2: What about Vince I Vaughn I think uh Josh Brolin could do my camera. Josh Brolin could, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah that's a good, yeah. good call.
2: Do you think do you think Vince
0: Vaughn could pull it off? If he I mean, get in shape.
1: Mm.
3: Yeah.
0: He seems to have a problem with that, but yeah, he, maybe he'd have to hold back the swinger's personality. He'd have to yeah, be like he was maybe, in the Zoll. Russell yeah, Crowe was going to say like Brawl and Cell Block Ninety
2: Nine kind of showed us another side of him, you know.
0: Yeah, um, if he could do that type of role straight, then yeah, maybe yeah, I think he um, could. You could believe like the women hitting on him and stuff, and him making some one-liner than like Stacy Keach makes a, the joke.
2: And he's got enough of like he does kind of have like a. A face with a personality that can be kind of scummy. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, right. So
0: he could know. probably, probably do it. He could probably pull it off. But the, um, I will give it a six and a half. I thought it was a fun, it's a fun continuation. It was actually better than when I watched it 15 years ago on DVD because it didn't impress me that much because I'm just looking at the cheapness and stuff. And remember, pop culture at the time wasn't so emasculated mm-hmm. and chemically castrated and the way it, it is now. So now watching something like this is like, holy mackerel, I really wasn't appreciating what this we brought know to the what table. We had. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> didn't know what you have till it's gone. Are you sorry that yeah, it's it... gone? That you got rid of the set, John? Mm-hmm. You sorry you got rid of it? What's that? The set. You yeah, sorry you got...
0: yeah, I wish I'd kept it. But you know, the picture quality wasn't that great. It was Tango Entertainment. And they make some Ooh. they had some pretty crappily mastered DVDs so it, like I, I might put it on my 75 inch screen and it'll be all artifacty and stuff so there's there's always a chance somebody might re-release it like a milk creek or one of those type of companies yeah actually the guy who could have
1: played one. mike hammer if he was still alive i think he's gone Is the one who played torello in crime story um oh uh, Dennis free Dennis uh,
4: he's a
0: it's a bit rough i i I don't know, because he kind of broke in when he was middle-aged. So, wait, wait, you know. wait, wait.
1: I've got it. Dennis Franz is Mike Hammer, huh? <laughs> Dennis Franz?
0: Dennis Franz should play the Continental Op, the Dashiell Hammett character that kind of inspired uh, cats like Mike Hammer. Mm-hmm. Like, he he would be a great He's Continental dead, op. Isn't he? I don't know why they missed them.
1: Oh, is he dead? Oh, well, maybe I'm not I'm pretty then.
0: sure he is. Dennis Franz is dead? Damn it. I think
1: so. I don't think he is.
2: Hold on. Let's find out. I would have thought he's oh. probably just retired. No, he's still around. I'm thinking of uh what's his name?
1: Dennis Farina's gone.
2: Dennis Farina, that's who I'm mm-hmm. thinking
1: of. Yeah. yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I love uh what Yeah, was Dennis there? Farina died <laughs> kinda young. Mm. Barry Sonnenfeld said when he was talking to you he was like, you know, Dennis he goes, you know, Dennis Farina used to be a cop. And he used to, <laughs> I said and he was at some of these riots, like the DNC riots in Chicago or whatever. Yeah. And he goes, They said, How many hippies did you beat up, Dennis? <laughs> and he goes, I like you, Barry. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> 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 I, want to, I want us to have a good relationship. <laughs> I
0: right, hope it was a lot.
2: Just <laughs> a lot.
0: Countless. <laughs> He beat up every member of the mamas and
1: the papas. I hope. Yeah, scum. Scumbag Papa John Phillips. Go for him especially. Yeah. Yeah. What about Hulk Hogan? Is my hammer? <laughs> <laughs> huh? No. The Hulk. Hulkster. No. Nah. Ah, oh, nice. come on. Hulk never charm. Been,
2: I've never liked him as, and he never had a good. All of his vehicles for movies were terrible. You know, he never had a good, he he had some, he was support in some decent movies like Rocky 3 and Gremlins 2, but, mm-hmm. you know, like what, 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 what movies was he doing? Suburban Commando. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mist, what was Mr. Nanny. that movie with David Johansson. Uh, uh, <laughs> the, it was the one where he was a babysitter. I can't remember the name of it. He did three he did hey, hey, three Ninjas. Show. He did, three um, Ninjas. Thunder in Paradise. He was in 3 Ninjas 4 High Noon at Mega Mountain. Mhm. Yes, he
1: was. With Lonnie Anderson. Mhm. Santa with muscles.
2: Santa with huh? muscles. Yeah. But no, but that uh Mr. Nanny, that's the one he did with J- David Johansson, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mr. Nanny. Yeah, that was a piece of crap, Home Alone ripoff. Shame on on you. Our Home Alone ripoffs
1: episode. You know, if you go on uh, YouTube and you type in Hulk Hogan, (laughs) there's a lot of Hulk Hogan liar, Hulk Hogan, uh, nobody likes him. You see, that disliked, really. Well,
2: here's the thing. No matter what happens, Hulkster will always be a hero because he destroyed Gawker. Back in I mean, <laughs> you know. He, he, he removed the cancer that is Gawker from the world, and God bless him for exactly. it. Exactly.
3: Yeah, yeah, that was the
0: first time I liked him.
2: <laughs> yeah, me too. I was like, oh. I said, okay, I'm, I'm down with Hulkamania.
1: <laughs> John's a converted Hulkamaniac after he fucking yeah. destroyed Gorka. That's right. I was all about the pythons after that. Taking my vitamins <laughs> and C <him> <laughs>
3: You're
0: a real oh, American. Man.
1: That's yeah, funny.
0: Yeah.
1: Alright. I will wrap it up and I think I will call it a uh call it a night for this one. And um I'll stick around for a double dose of the NES this week. We're um, a bit a bit backed up with uh Anthony's, uh, you know, piece of information he's got from the, uh, land of Britain. So, yep. Double Nes this week. And, um, anything else? No. Oh, uh, go support our Ko-Fi, um, donation page. Thank you to Cecil Birch and Trent Reynolds for their recurring payments for this week. Or this month, I should say, but I'm saying for this week's episode. And, um, yep. Yeah. Go to Ko-Fi. Link is down below. Whether you're listening on uh, the audio or watching on YouTube, there is a link for it there. And um, oh, Jackie!
2: No, oh, this is Buster.
1: Oh Jesus! I can't tell you the microphone in a way. Is that a twin. Looks like a no, damn twin.
2: Buster's a lot more white. Jackie's <laughs> darker. Mm. He's a puppy.
1: Oh, crazy! Oh, yeah. feeling the love.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. All he right.
2: He shows love through violence. <laughs> that's how he expresses that's his love language. He like
0: ate Hunter's ear while uh Stu had walked away. So yeah. yeah, he was like
1: There you go. This is
0: what the, this is what people who don't watch the YouTube channel are missing out on or embarrassing moments like this. Yeah. Until no, he I goes for I the uh
1: the the lobber shelf and destroys those. It's like get the
0: fuck out of here, dog.
2: Yeah, yeah. Let me me tell you. Let me tell you what this little jerk did. Are you ready? Mm. Goes up to the Criterion shelf, pulls off the out of print Third Man DVD, Mm -hmm. and chews up the cover. That was probably the most valuable thing in that collection. (laughs) And he's he picked
0: back to destroy. It, right? <laughs> he he detected your feelings on that that disc. He he couldn't. Pick he saw like, you look at it one day. That wants you to look at him.
1: Just a general warning as well. I need to bring this up because uh, we had a flash flood about a week and a half ago here in Melbourne. It was torrential. It was just unbelievable. Um, yeah, about a week and a half ago it was. And, um, our garage got about an inch of water on the ground, which I didn't even know it was until the following day. I walked in and go, the hell is that smell? I go, oh no, we got water in here again. Um, went over to my movies shelf, the bottom shelf, all the films got wet, but Because I have these plastic covers on, none of them got destroyed. No, that's good. None of them. So I'm telling you now, please, if you can... These things cost nothing, these plastic... They're nothing. They're like five bucks for a hundred. Get them, because they literally saved... The bottom shelf was my sports stuff, which my bodybuilding DVDs, my rugby league ones, ones you cannot get again. All got The covers all got wet. All of this got saved. My... Russ Meyer box set the bottom of it got wet but the arrow packaging was so good it dried out and you you can't even tell wow so wow, someone up there was looking down there and saved everything so fucking now I let that god shelf of dry home up
0: video bless you
1: the uh home video god the home video god yeah the uh god of um you know Lee Haney or whatever <laughs> saved my body body once <laughs>
0: They set up there like the Greek gods and Jason and the Argonauts, and just look over in the clouds. They, and John, look at I Stu's had, collection. oh
1: my god, my bodybuilding ones that you just cannot get anymore. My autographed Jay Cutler one would, would have been destroyed without these things on there. So yeah, get mm-hmm. those covers, please, people. You may think they're a pain in the ass, they will save you in ever of times like that. So um, yeah, now I've just got that. That shelf dried off. I just put all my fucking cooking ones down there. So like and my old Jerry Lewis, so they can go. But uh brought the body, brought all the sport ones upstairs. But yeah, you know, just a, word of warning.
0: It's a happy story, you know. we a happy ending too. A, a suspenseful story. And I'm like this in the like
1: garage, this. going, oh no, 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 <laughs> not my Russ right, Meyer right. box set that you just cannot get and is worth a fortune. But they all got pushing the garden,
0: them. getting a tividad, get a bit of a get up a warp you know it's just it's not worth it
1: anymore it was actually funny because my uh one of my sons my 16 year old came out there and he goes oh dad is there any damage to it i said no thankfully i said this russ meyer box got damaged and he goes he looks he goes what films does this guy make i said ah oh, just big tit movies and he goes oh my god i said uh oh. i said watch this one faster pussycat kill kill it's a good for movie good fun yeah yeah just not stuff like Up or uh, all the other ones from later on. Just not yet. Not to year 18. You're a bit young for those. But, uh, yeah. All right. Let's call it a day and um, stick around for the Nez, And we will see you next time.
0: Adios. Sayonara.
2: And now it's time for Rue
4: Britannia with your foreign correspondent, the Nez. In a move that will surprise nobody other than those who think they've been stabbed to death in New York as a lifestyle choice, the Tory government was rocked with more chaos, more instability, and more weakness when Liz Truss tried to bring the government under control, and failed miserably. Having unveiled a decrease in corporation tax as a part of the mini-budget three weeks ago, which resulted in the international markets vomiting for days, Truss, having stated that the policy wouldn't be scrapped whatsoever, scrapped the policy. The markets managed to avoid having a stroke. She also decided to sack her chancellor, her appointment, he had been in the job merely for two months. For a prime minister who spent three years telling the London media that she was the new Margaret Thatcher, her credibility is effectively in tatters. Again, not bad for someone who'd actually been in the job for two months. Combined with her previous budgetary U-turn in terms of her tax decrease policy two weeks previously, trust is now effectively in the danger zone. Hopelessly divided, frankly incapable of being led, her party is now effectively leading a push to formally get him removed. All this again after two months of being elected by them. Some people can do it. Some people can't. Meanwhile, the Liberal Democrats kicked off their autumnal 5-day conference with an audiobook silence session, trying to contact the cell of late leader Charles Kennedy. Quote-unquote, leave me alone, said the spirit in the bar of hades It's not enough you out me as an alcoholic when I was party leader. Now you're to harass me after death. All six party members in the auditorium boot The highlight as usual, this year's conference will consist of Lib Dem and calling for the formal legalisation of illegal drugs. Same time every year as usual. Sport. And it's a case of who's a silly boy then. For Manchester the United player Mason Greenwood, who's just been arrested by Greater Manchester Police over a breach of his bail conditions. Greenwood has already been suspended by the club over a criminal investigation concerning allegations of rape and physical assault against his girlfriend back in the spring. Actually, I'm joking. When I say he's been arrested for breaching bail conditions, I forgot to mention after his arrest that he was formally charged with attempted rape, assault occasioning APH, and coercion. Personally, I just long for the good old days of the Heisel disaster, dogs running onto pitches, and fans behind you pissing down the back of your leg during games. Much missed. Further, and that's in passing, the National Television Awards were held last week, as usual, basically consisting, as usual, of one bunch of twats giving awards to another bunch of twats. BBC persona Graham Norton defends cancel culture, then takes a hit from 20 users who call for him to be cancelled for being gay and Irish. A flaw in the works the OGC ideology. And finally, players in the Premier League resume the policy of knee-bending for the black immigrant community. That said, given the number of Premier League footballers currently on trial for rape... Maybe, perhaps, frankly, really, they're just knee bending for the wrong thing. PAX. In a move that will surprise nobody ever than those who still think Black Adam didn't go missing on its opening weekend, the Tory party went full turn to again by A. Presiding over the political death of this trust, B. Implementing an emergency winner takes all style three day leadership election where the first candidate to pick up the support of 100 MPs wins a wooden spoon, namely the leadership and C, a parliamentary party that will now rebel, destabilise and plot against the new leader as they did the previous four. As of recording, Shirley has dropped out his boasting of having the numbers proving to be nothing more than an idle bluff, kind of like his career. The socialist Indian roof-rider Rishi Sunak sits and waits whilst former swimming pool attendant and lifeguard Penny Bond struggles but refuses to give in. I think somewhere in the records there's a TV game show in all of this. You know... ITV, Saturday night, Anton Deck, 7pm, guest of Tory. Comedy, another sort. And a transvestite stand up comedian exposed his penis live on television last week. I say live on television, it was Channel 4, so nobody actually saw us Jordan Grey, or maybe Jordan Gay, or maybe Jordana Grey, or maybe perhaps Jordana Strunk, Jordan something. Took out his torture and struck a Wix RGT blow for, well, thank God alone, there's just one exactly the piss poor attempt by Channel 4 to revive Friday Live. Got even better, because he then proceeded to effectively play a keyboard with his penis. Remember, kids, it's still controversial to tell anti RGT jokes about other people on the basis of anything. Art! Andy father's Super Nazi Division was in London last week, throwing soup over Van Gogh's portrait, Sunflowers, at the National Gallery. Fortunately, the painting had a protective glass window, so no damage was done. Eco Loons later stated that the soup was minestrone, which evidently frankly is the equivalent to the idea of a WCRGT GT message wrapped around a brick. This week, it's Cream of Tomatoes by Picasso's Guernica. Further notes in passing, Tony Blair's has no platform at the Oxford Union, which begs the question just what exactly is the point of a university education. The BBC celebrates its centenary by pretending that Jimmy Savile and other in-house pedos didn't exist, and the Wuxar GT contestant was versed of Strictly Come Dancing, in this case a Wuxar GT Fat Lesbian. Evidently, somewhat the Fat Lesbian Wuxar GT bitch just simply wasn't Fat Lesbian enough. After all, the show was called Strictly Come Dancing, not Strictly Come Diabetic. Pax.
1: Thank you for listening to the Midnight Movie Cowboys. For more information, go to www.midnightmoviecowboys.com. For feedback, comments, or show suggestions, go to midnightmoviecowboys at gmail.com. Like what you hear? Head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Hear us on Stitcher Radio. Head over to stitcher.com and download the app. Okay. Want to help the show out? Head on over to www.mmcowboys.com and hit the PayPal donate. We appreciate all donations of any denomination. Find us on Twitter at mmcowboys. Like us on Facebook. Head over to facebook.com type in midnight movie cowboys hit the like button over there want to friend us personally on facebook or follow us on twitter go to www.midnightmoviecowboys.com and find the links from there on the right hand side thanks for listening see you all next week